2: You're listening to Strange Familiars, true stories of the paranormal, cryptids, hauntings, the occult, mythology, UFOs, folklore, weird and forgotten history. Please make sure to like and subscribe to Strange Familiars on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you are listening. Please share the Strange Familiars page and episodes on Facebook and other social media. If you have experienced something strange, or if you know a story you would like us to cover email strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, and of course, strangefamiliars.com.
3: Welcome to Strange Familiars, everybody. Just a quick note, I stumbled on some new information and some new witnesses regarding York County's Toad Road. Of course, I wrote my first book, Beyond the Seventh Gate, about Toad Road, and I've been meaning to write a kind of companion volume to it. I didn't think I had enough information, but as I sat down and looked at these stories I gathered, uh, both from new witnesses and from historical sources, I found out I think I do indeed have enough for another book. But that said, I'm still looking for folks, still looking for stories. If you've experienced the unknown on Toad Road or at Cador's Furnace or anywhere in the Helm Hills, please contact me. You can reach me at com, or use any of the contact info for the podcast and it will get to me. February 19th, James and I spent the night in a haunted church in Columbia, Pennsylvania. This building is now home to the Columbia Historic Preservation Society. I arrived about 7 p.m. on the 19th. James got there just after midnight on the 20th. So in this first part, you'll hear on-site recordings we made that night. Then we'll go to Chris Vera. He's the director of the Historical Society there. And we'll hear some of the ghost stories and sightings associated with the property. I recorded Chris this past Sunday, March 11th. Before then, I had only heard one or two of these stories Chris related to me. I'd never heard Chris's story of seeing the small black thing in the kitchen before Sunday. So James and I had a couple interesting experiences. As you'll hear, I didn't think we had anything major happen. But after I left the church, I remember seeing this black thing on the floor when I woke up in the middle of the night. It wasn't there in the morning. So I tell the story to Chris later in the episode. The place where I saw the black thing at the foot of my air mattress, it's about 20 feet from the kitchen where Chris says he saw whatever black thing he saw. Most of the audio for this episode was recorded on-site at the church in the Parsonage. I've done my best to even out the audio levels, but some inconsistency is to be expected. We are at the Miller Mance, which is the house attached to the English Evangelical Lutheran Church in Columbia, Pennsylvania. The reason we're here is because it's where the Columbia Historical Society is located, and this building is supposedly very haunted. I was on The Existence of Strange Things, which is a Strickler's new show okay. with... Uh, all the guys that used to do um, Arcane Radio okay Butch Wachowski and Lon and Sean Fortner and when I was talking to them about it they brought up Albatwitch Day which of course happens in, in the town of Columbia yep here and strangely that guy Butch says what do you know about that historical society building it's supposed to be really haunted well so I thought that was pretty interesting. I said, what do I know? I said, I'll, I'll be spending the night there coming up. So that was just a, a couple of weeks ago. So I thought that was pretty cool. Because he <laughs> had no clue that, that we were going to be here. Right. And here we are. Here we are. So I don't know much about it. I purposely told Chris, the director of the historical Society. I purposely told him. I don't, don't want to know. Don't know yeah, the stories. I didn't want to be influenced by it. I know from talking to him in the past that there's, there's an old woman that uh, a ghost of an old woman I believe that's in here, and that's that's interesting because of something else I'll, I'll get to in a minute they, uh they supposed to be i think three entities in total that they that they know of people have seen things a, a painter has actually that working here recently they're doing renovations mm-hmm. right now right a painter supposedly has seen a, a full uh person full full body you know yeah, it looked like they were there it wasn't like a Phantom or anything. Yeah. But who they're supposed to be, what their names are, et cetera, et cetera, I, I really don't know. Other than, like I said, the, the one old woman because I remember hearing Chris talk about that yeah. in the past. Apparently she was me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, think, I think in situations like
4: that, I, in a situation like this, I prefer personally as well to come in and not know a whole lot of the stories and just yeah. have my own experience. Yeah, because I, I think And then really... ask about the stories and then see if there's anything that sort of
3: um connects. Right, see what matches from, from if we experience anything. Sure. And also I, I mean I didn't want to be influenced. I yeah. didn't want to sit there and have yeah. something in the back of my head. Absolutely. And, yeah.
4: No, that's great. I, I I'm I'm in full agree- full agreement
3: on that uh, being the being the way to go. So speaking of influence and this, this really, I mean, it, it's just a dream, but still. Last night, I had this horrible dream. This horrible, horrible dream. I was with a friend. I believe it was a, a friend from high school I haven't seen you know since college. And we were at his grandmother's house, who I'd never met in real life. So it's just this generic sort of old woman. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> It's kind of, that's actually pretty funny. We're helping her with something. I forget exactly what it was. And all of a sudden she looks at me and her eyes have gone all black. Duh. And she starts coming after
4: us. Nobody wants to
3: see that. And uh, she's kind of like, it's like coming after us and uh, through her house and stuff. And... I left her house and I went to like social services <laughs> and I, I'm explaining to them like what's going on there and they said well, well it's time for her to go get help she needs to go to a home like if this has happened like they didn't really believe me about the black eye thing <laughs> but said like she's like trying to attack you it's time, time. so we go back there and I'm going to help him you know get her to, to this home and she's sitting in a car she's sitting in her car with the window rolled down and she's like rocking back and forth she's like but her eyes are normal and I go up and I, I start talking to her like, "Hey, we're you know we're gonna help you, you know we we, we got some place for you to go." And she turns and looks at me, and her eyes go black. Mm-hmm. And she starts the car, and now she's coming after us in a car. Freaked me out. I, I remember in the dream I'm thinking I have to get to the woods because she won't be able to drive, you know, through the trees <laughs> and stuff. So the, I woke up all freaked out. I had a had a black eyed person dream. Didn't connect it to this here at all until mm-hmm. I'm telling my daughter. Ursula because she loves she just loves black eyed kids stories loves, lo- loves black eyed people she's constantly bugging me to do uh, black eyed kids on the podcast which I think we'll be doing coming up uh, hopefully we can get David Wesley on to talk black eyed kids with him but she's, so she's constantly on the black eyed kids thing so I, I tell her the story and she says and you have to go to that church tonight so this, this morning <laughs> And I and that's when I thought about this this old woman that's here. I was like, oh oh man, but uh, you know, we'll see if, if, if we see any black identities, entities. Uh, you may be here alone as I as I run screaming out, Put, a puddle trailing behind me. So uh, what's been up, James? <laughs> it's
4: been really 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 busy. Just yeah, grinding, paying those bills
3: right on yeah James started a, a, a second job uh, so it's just been harder and harder for us to schedule but I think we, we're, we're getting back on track so yeah
4: absolutely absolutely I'm, I'm looking forward to um, doing some more recordings and getting out more you know um, once I once I have the f- first month of of, of new village, uh figured out I, I'll be able to adapt my schedule a little bit more tightly to uh have a little bit more free time, but, um, as it is right now, I definitely feel like I, I have time to, to be able to, to, uh,
3: contribute a little bit more. Things are settling down. Yeah, yeah, things are definitely
4: Good. settling down in the best possible ways, so. Yeah, we had this, honest.
3: we had this playing out for a while, so this, this is cool. When, um, do, when
4: do we, when do we initially, geez, was that Twitch Festival? We were initially talking about I mean, he's been
3: talking to me about it forever and forever, yeah. and then, like, he, like Chris really doesn't like this place. Like he said he doesn't like to be here alone. As he's leaving tonight, he's you know, he's leaving me alone here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was here for I don't know, four hours or something before James showed up. And uh, he's like, You're a brave guy. He's <laughs> saying as he's leaving. I'm like, Okay. Alright, just like make it scarier, Chris. What do you think our approach would be? Like, like we're not, uh, we've got some, we've got a a, a meter that Chris lent us. Sure, I didn't have any ghost
4: hunting tools. Sure, in my opinion, and, and just in my experience, I feel like some of the best ghost hunting tools are the ghost hunting tools that you're already equipped with, right? Like your your instinct, your your you know your ears, your eyes. That has been our um, approach to, to everything. Yeah, to, to get um, get in and experience anything else. You know, I don't know. Uh, with uh, with all that, so I mean I can see how those things are are useful and stuff like that. but there's a part of me that always feels that those things are relied on like almost like props. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that they don't work. right. I, I just right. can't speak to how accurate or how well yeah. they, they work. You know sure. I mean? but we have we do have a few things at our disposal and we do have a bunch of recorders set up and
3: right. So and w- uh, while you weren't here, I took a recorder upstairs in the church. And uh, what are what are our main locations that we're trying to? So Chris told me the hot spots are pretty much the whole upstairs of the church and the and the manse. So the, the whole I upstairs. have
4: not been upstairs yet. The whole so. upstairs area,
3: and the there's a sort of corridor downstairs. Uh, okay. that, that he said was a hot spot, and he showed me the basement. And he seemed very trepidatious. He said, "There's the basement. If you want to go down there, <laughs> so." I don't know whether he means... Like, so that means we want to go down Yeah, though. we probably want to go yeah. down there. So, I figure, um, like, like I said, I, I, I took a recorder upstairs, and just while I was downstairs, I was uh, practicing banjo and hanging out, and I just let that recorder run the whole time. So maybe we caught something on that, maybe we didn't. And I figure from this point on, we'll just take recorders with us and uh, let them roll. We'll see if we get some EVPs. We'll, we'll talk and... Uh, Discuss our feeling and and any experiences we have. Yeah. Shoot pictures. No, no, it totally. I mean, that makes sense to me uh, with
4: regard to sort of taking stuff with us as we move. Uh, And sometimes you really don't know until you go back and review things. um, Right. The sounds and and such.
3: Um, And after after this is done, the next time I see Chris, I will get him to tell me the stories then, and we'll see if anything he says matches up, or you know, if not, we'll at least we'll have some good ghost stories for the podcast. For sure. So, you want to get to it? Let's get to it. This next section of audio is recorded upstairs in the church. This is the old worship area, but it now holds a massive model train display. I think we make a couple of references to the trains or to kids being in the room and so forth, so that's what we're talking about if it's not clear. Before the heat comes on, it sounds pretty horrifying. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like... Uh, I'm guessing that was the heat. That, that, that would be an interesting... Uh, Yeah, did
4: you hear that? Yeah. It almost sounds like something being thumped around.
3: This sounded like uh, a voice maybe in the basement or something? I don't know. Unless something's screaming in the ducks.
4: Fuck. I want to
3: go and check this out. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. For sure. So up here is where all the stained glass is and.
4: It's incredible. It's a little bit creepy, to be honest. Yeah. And I want to know why there's a chair up there facing, <laughs> facing the wall. <laughs> what are they looking at?
3: <laughs> they are doing renovations right now, which... Whatever it's worth, if you ask ghost hunting people. When things are being renovated, things are being moved around and stuff. That's when, that's when things get stirred up. So. Well,
4: I wonder if there, if there is something here, if there's a presence here with us, what it makes of of all of this, um, the, this uh, very intense, uh, meticulous creation. Uh, if there is something here, is it from this time? Does it recognize? this you know it's before this time you know that's what I'm curious about
3: you know what it calls As to I'm mind walking around, I when I was a little kid my brother uh, my brother Chris uh, who was deceased had dated this woman outside of Baltimore, Maryland and her family lived in a house that was supposed to be very very haunted and one of the psychics that came to their house said you will never have problem with the ghosts as long as you keep children around. So when I see like a big train display in a supposedly haunted area, it, it just kinda makes me think of that. Mm-hmm. Like if while it's this obviously isn't done by children, it's done you know, certainly children are gonna be here quite often checking out the trains. This is where the preacher would have stood, presumably, right? Yeah. Here I don't know what that area is called. The pulpit, the pulpit, right? Sounds I think it's the right. pulpit.
4: And it is now the control booth. One thing I will notice, will say that I've noticed since we've been up here is uh, it's not particularly uh, chilly up here, but I do continuously get chills up and down my spine being up here. Not necessarily meaning there's something here. Not necessarily meaning there isn't something here. But it is something that I'm noticing being up in this in this particular room. I have gotten quite a few chills up and down my spine since we've been up here. This um, had one a moment ago and it I, like it's been happening and I've been completely just kind of enamored with what's going on up here that I've not been really like paying much attention to it, but I just had it happen like a moment ago when I was talking about the woodwork up here. So And I don't I don't think that it's particularly cold up here at all. I don't have goosebumps or anything. No. no. Just the just the chill.
3: next clip finds james and i in the dark upstairs in the parsonage as we said they're doing some work on the property right now and i think they had the electric off i don't even think we could have turned the lights on if we wanted to so we're in the front office in this clip which we agreed was the place we felt the most cold spots and chills and the creepiest feelings of the night This would be upstairs in the manse here. This is where, presumably, the, the preacher lived back in the day.
4: Yeah, I just got a crazy chill coming over here. It's really warm in this, in this It's room. very
3: warm right here. And there is a chill right, right here. Yeah. Yeah, that went right up my...
4: Yeah, I, 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 as, soon as, we, as soon as I walked in here, I got a chill, but I also noticed how much warmer this room felt. Yeah,
3: oh my goodness. That chill is real. I mean, that's... Wow. So, uh, anyone here want to give us some EVPs, that would be...
4: Wow, that is a... Okay, so there's a vent right there. Okay. It doesn't explode. Okay, so it's blowing warm air. I'm not exactly sure why it's cold right here in this spot.
3: Yeah, it's right as you come through the door. I, m- maybe this is a power suggestion, but back here it does feel weirder to me like it feels a little creepier back here well, we don't have the lights on the lights aren't actually working in this part yeah
4: yet, yeah so. the lights are not on uh, I do have a flashlight
3: so maybe maybe it's power um, suggestion and but I'm getting another cold chill right now
4: yeah I feel it on this arm wow that's really weird it almost feels like my arm um, like uh, like cold air mm-hmm. like like over the hairs of my arm but it's just on the right hand. Wow, that's really weird. I almost feel like, uh, you know how like when you like you you start to fall asleep, like mm-hmm. your arm starts to fall asleep from mm-hmm. popping on it, uh, not like completely, but it just gets a little bit numb and gets that cold feeling, right? As the blood circulates back into it, that's what I'm feeling. But it's constant right now.
3: So this is some sort of office. We'll have to make note of the, when we talk to Chris. Yeah. And see if if anything.
4: Corner office. Okay. Well, that's uh that's my first major. Yeah, that something that, in here.
3: That was a bit uh yeah. Yeah. This office one James and I were in in the previous clip. You'll hear Chris talking about it later when he says people could hear papers rattling and shuffling in the room. It's also the room where the children outside reported a woman staring at them through the blinds. James and I spent time in every room, including the basement. We had multiple recorders running in separate rooms. I've listened now to hours upon hours of audio from that night, hoping to catch some EVPs or other anomalies. The only thing I found of interest was recorded in the upstairs office after we left. I left a recorder running with voice activation on, which means it would only record when it heard something to record. So there are two sounds which sound almost like feedback. They're about 30 seconds apart. The first one is something that sounds kind of like high feedback. That might not be what it is. I'm not sure, but that's just kind of what it sounded like to me. And then it's followed 30 seconds later by something which sounds like low feedback. And the digital recorders we use have built-in mics, so there's nothing plugged into them. There's no headphones, no speakers plugged into them. The mics are kind of on board. I don't think they can feedback on their own. That said, I don't know what the sounds were. I'll just go ahead and play them now, the high feedback, and then followed by the low feedback. Chris's stories about the haunted church, I just want to thank all of our patrons. Strange Familiars would not happen without you. If you like what we do and you want to hear more Strange Familiars, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreoncom familiars. Just three dollars a month helps us bring the show to you and gets you extra content. We try to do one full patron-only show every month. If you want other rewards like pins, t-shirts, and vinyl stickers, there are other reward levels, but every bit helps. I received a very nice compliment recently. Someone told me that I should thank my entire production staff for all the work they do putting this show together. I am the production staff. Everything you see and hear, from the logo and artwork to the music to the editing and the final production is done by me. No interns, no staff. Of course, James, Allison, and some other friendly voices you hear on the podcast, they help me plan and host and present the show. They go out with me on site and so forth. But everything else is a one-man job takes a lot of my time, and time is money, and it takes money to go out to these on-site areas, of course, and spending time away from writing books and other things. We don't have sponsors. We don't have grants or advertisers. We just have our patrons. So thank you, patrons, once again. And if you'd like to help, go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Chris Vera walked me through the church again this past Sunday and told me some of the many paranormal experiences he and others have had in the church. Just a note, when Chris says Albatwitch here, he's referring to the Albatwitch Day Festival, which is held in Columbia, not the Albatwitch Creatures.
5: Chris from Columbia Historic Preservation Society, been here since 2009, I've experienced probably over a hundred different paranormal uh, events inside the buildings some were really, really deep that I would actually run out the door. That's how you know, freaky it got to me. I'm only here to work. I'm not here to be scared, but uh, <laughs> people seem to be intelligent, so uh, they know my name, but I'll take you a walk through the museum and tell you what it, where, where we're at, inside what room, and uh, we're going to go in the Miller Mance, which is a small parson built in 1880. This was my first experience when I was here. We re- just remodeled this whole room right here. And it's about, I think it was like 8 o'clock at night, I'm here by myself, and I didn't really know anything was going on in here. Yeah, I knew there was things that walked around in here, because we knew stories, for like this room right here in the front room. Uh, she used to sit here, and they would hear papers upstairs in our archives department shuffling around and people talking. So she would send her her husband, Bob Miller, upstairs to see who they were, and there was never anybody up there. So, but back in 2009, uh, 2010, I'm, I'm up on a ladder right here. and I'm putting a swag right here. And when I'm up there, a head comes out of the kitchen. Just a head. No body. Just a head. And it comes and it levitates. So you can sit like right in front of that door. And it just sits there and levitates staring at me. And I'm up on the ladder just staring back at it. And I sort of, it did, re- the face look like Florence Miller, who was the past president who passed away of Alzheimer's. So I jump off the ladder and run outside like I usually do because you know you, you the pressure and stuff like that because I worked you know I worked four and a half years up at the market house I had oodles of experiences bad experiences up there but to have my first experience here was was a shocker when I did get off the ladder I look back I see the head whew, right right back into the kitchen area and that was the last time I saw the head but it was just the head just levitating on the door so this is like what kind of the entryway to the man's? right yeah exactly. Yeah. This is like the, the living room for the pastor mm-hmm. at that time. So that was one experience I had in here. Uh, probably one of the most, you know, first was to trigger everything like, oh, you know, I, I see something. And it seems like they now know that I see them and they understand that, you know. But I think they understand now since, you know, being here for eight years that I'm not here to hurt them. Right. I'm here to, you know, and they seem to protect me, believe it or not. But... That was just the first one so uh, but
3: I, I've heard that about other paranormal stuff though but like it's like once people see it right? then then it's like then then you'll see it again. It was Do like it maybe
5: she was checking me out and she didn't think I was gonna focus on her and I did and that's when she knew that I got scared I jumped off the ladder and that's when I think they understood but before that even at the market house it I felt like they knew that I used to see them. And even my friend's house, I'm 16 years old when I started to see my first woman, first ghost paranormal ever, was she was going down the steps. It was always since then that's when things started happening to me. So, Uh, we're going into the kitchen. Like I said, cool looking kitchen. Here is where I got laughed at at one instance, I got whistled at in another instance, and I'm the only one in the building. What we heard before, we had other people, mediums, come in. There was a black woman in here. And she doesn't like people being in her kitchen. And they were people who did not know what goes on in these bones. We didn't tell them anything. Rick Fisher and I didn't tell them anything. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know what this place was. And then they said there was a black woman. was it wasn't just one person. They said, she's in here. She don't like... And the odd thing is, like, I'm down at the lower steps in the, in the hall... And I'm talking to Tony Seeger, It's like a Saturday morning, about ten o'clock, and we hear noise out in this kitchen. And all of a sudden, I see this little black mass just shoo, right across into that bathroom. It's real little, and I thought maybe it's a cat. Or
3: I got something to tell you. Okay. I got something it to tell like, you. Just like
5: shoot, right, real fast, it went past me. First, you hear the noise, and boom, it was gone. So that was that was one instance. The one I'll have to reenact for you was probably the most scariest one I've ever had. You know, people don't say, why you're scared of them. It's the, the unknown because people don't understand that you see them. You can see watching on TV on those stupid shows, but they don't know what you how you feel because it's something that you don't understand who they are and what they're here for. But anyway, so yeah, that happened in this kitchen. But one, the February of 2016, I'm inside the back pantry room of the kitchen in the bathroom area, and I'm painting this room. And I always remember this. It's about seven o'clock, I'm by myself, and I hit that ceiling right there with paint. So I gotta get off the ladder, and I gotta go get a taller ladder so I can get up in there. So I walk out here, and I turn this little hall light switch on. Now it's getting dark, but, you know, cause it's seven o'clock, it's, it's, you know, it's February. I'll turn this light on, these two lights. So I come out of here and I walk in. I don't turn this light on and I don't turn the main hall light on. I walk up to the front and grab a ladder. When I come back to that first pole, okay, I come, I'm looking and I'm looking, the door's wide open there. I see, she's probably right about here. It's a shadow on the floor, I see the floor. And all I see is, like, this rocking back and forth. Oh, wow. And it's like a veil. I mean, you can't see, like, the head form and it's short. I'm taller right now as it was. Mm-hmm. So it could have been standing, like... But it was blocking, basically, almost... But you know, all you see is a veil. Like, it's just, like, perfectly... And all it does... Is it, if it would have been rocking, it would have been cool to me. I would have came back. But when I see the rocking like this, you know, that just, like, whoo, you know, what, what the... So I started banging on the ladder trying to like, which is weird, why are you trying to scare a ghost? <laughs> you know? So I'm banging the ladder and I'm scared because I'm basically I'm trapped in there. And it took me, I'm making noise up into the step. When I kick the step, it vanishes, it's gone. So I come up in here, I hit a cold spot right there. And then I got to rush back to make sure that nobody was in the building. So nobody's in the building. Called my friend who was supposed to be here painting with me, see if it was him. He said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to make it tonight. And then that's when I got freaked out because I got to go back into that room and finish my painting. Right. So then that's when I felt like something was always staring at me. That was probably the most, even though it was a shadow on the floor, that thing the rocking back and forth, more of a solid, mm-hmm. solid entity you know if, if you saw like a light gray thing like back and forth i wouldn't but it was solid black you know it's just like you see his right, right. It, it was like she was it we could tell it was a woman so that was in february 2016 but prior to that people always say you wait till night and stuff like this. It's totally false in these buildings daytime is hot really super hot in here here's me on a saturday painting. you can stay right there okay Those two doors right there, Mm -hmm. there's no flags on it. Okay, there's a reason I put flags in. it. So I'm painting right in this corner right here, I always remember this, painting, and all of a sudden in the corner of my eyes, for a fuel vision, I see a woman right where the blue flag is walk right past that flag and into the wall. There's a wall right behind it, goes into the furnace room. And you can see her playing stage, and she had a maroon dress on, old, maroon dress, sort of heavy lady, big lady, and just walk right past and bring into the wall. So, what do I do? I run out this way, <laughs> as usual. But most people run out that way. I'm not like, oh, are you going in there. So I run, then I'm thinking, you know, why did she do that? Why did she, she plant herself out there? I wanted to know why. Well, actually, I went back in that room for like two weeks. So I went back in there and then I saw a ceiling tile fell down and maybe she was telling me, hey dude, you need to come back here and, uh, you know.
3: So did it look like she kind of walked into a wall? She
5: walked into a wall because right behind the door is a wall.
3: Was that wall always there?
5: Uh, No, the weird thing is, this is the most tantalizing fact of this whole thing. On the other side of that wall, is a maroon dress from a church from 1834 that I had sitting right there. Oh, wow. So was she wearing that same dress? Wow. Because that was the weird thing because it looked like the dress I had on the other side of the wall. Was she going into that dress? Yeah. Was she roaming And then went back to where that object was. But, yeah, there was a doorway right there back in the church days. It was a big round doorway that she would have walked right into. That's interesting. Yeah. So that was, but she was like, I could touch her. Like if I was on the other side, I could. This shoe was that visible, so that's why I put the flags up because I. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in here working. It's like you know, but you know, the stories just don't come back where I am. Uh, 1986 is when it's in a book by uh, Dorothy Fidel writes a book. Okay, yeah, you heard of Dorothy Fidel? She writes a book about Edna Clark. Edna Clark was a volunteer here. An older lady, and then Florence was working upstairs that day. Edna's coming down, slips, and gets slapped in the face. Wow. Okay. Now, I always tell my tour got tour when I've been here, that she was a mean old biddy when I was a kid, and maybe she deserved that good old <laughs> slap. So, uh, but the, yeah, she did get slapped, and that was written in a book, and I know Edna she would have never lied about something like that. Now, when we used to have meetings, some of my Females, a weird thing would be females would see something pace up and down these steps, a shadow, Mm -hmm. while we're having meetings inside there. So we don't know what happened. This is probably the most hottest area. Uh, This last year, we had this door closed right here, and Jane Keen and myself see a flash, poof, like a real sharp sunburst. As you can see how dark it is when the lights are out, Mm -hmm. and then with that burst. That door closed, you could see the door open like whoop. Wow. Like it opened the door just a little bit, just to say you could see the energy burst. Must have made that much force to open that door a little bit. So that was a lot of here. We had an Indian and this is a funny one. We had an Indian mannequin in Santa Ray right here from the Shawnee Fire Company. It was a band. And my volunteer, Rick Keen, says he comes down these steps and there's nobody around. And he said somebody laughs at him. I mean, loud. Somebody laughed, it was a male voice laughed at him, and the first thing he does, he looks at the Indian, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he freaked him out, he's like, dude, somebody laughed at me. So, we don't know if it was the Indian doing it or somebody else did it, but this area seems to always be hot for some reason, this is a hot activity room. I don't know what it is, it's because it's dark, always dark, I don't know if this is where they hide. Now down through that door, I'm not sure if you want to go into the basement or not. But oh, we can just
3: you know if there's yeah down
5: down the back behind this door is the basement, and that's where Rick Fisher and his team came in back in 2010, I think it was. Uh, where's a guy behind me? One of Rick's guys behind me, and we, we get to the basement. I go about halfway into the basement, and all of a sudden this this energy just goes through me. I mean, it's just powerful and I'm tingling all over and I look behind him behind me and he's looking at me he says do you feel what I feel so it, whatever it was he was feeling it what I and it was just like a strong energy like so he set up a, a, a audio video down there he hears like little conversations but that's all they got out of there but yeah you could feel even when I was when we had mold problems down in the basement we had to seal that off and we had stack stacky mold and stuff down there uh, every time I put the plastic, I was putting plastic up, I felt like somebody was on the other side of the plastic just staring at me. That's how I'll freak, you know, you feel mm-hmm. that energy, like, whoo, something like that. You just get, I get, like, teary-eyed breathing problems, things like that. You know, my my hair is up, of course. Yeah. I know they're around. You know, you just don't know where they're going to pop up on you. So that's that. We're going to go into the main hall. Day. I used to come in here Labor Day and do, like, history, but nobody's in here. Yeah, just like it is now. In that room back here in the little library in 2013, I'm doing Black Civil War history. In there, we have Civil War novels back there, and I'm sitting there, and, and this is basically what it looks like. I'm in setup mode, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear Chris in the back of my head. This, that was like one of the, but I can hear Chris in the back of my head, but I can feel my hair separate. Oh. like that's how close it is. As you can see, I'm getting teary-eyed. Yeah. You out, so you, my hair separates and I swing around. Of course, I had an Indian mannequin standing there, that freaked me out just seeing him. But uh, but yeah, they knew my name, and that wow. really sort of like freaked me out because it was plain as day. Because I said, Here, Chris, I'm like, Who you know, what, yeah. what was that? And I'm not, I'm just focusing on Civil War history. So that happened on that Labor Day. The following Labor Day, I'm sitting in here, and all of a sudden, I hear like a bike bell inside this room. Like, like, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around, like, there is no bike bells in this room. I'm thinking, where'd that noise come in? Was it wasn't from outside, it was definitely in this room. So Labor Day's for some reason, I try, you know, I come back here and I'm expecting something. Uh, I've seen uh, the piano, Albertwicz, 2014, 14 or 15, it would have been 14. I'm actually getting ready for a tour. I'm back here, at, there's a display case I'm leaning against. I'm getting ready, getting all the candles ready and everything. Piano, that's the Opera House piano from 1881. Wow. That's how old that piano is. Uh, I have that sitting over here and all of a sudden one of the keys drop on that piano. Mm-hmm. Now, if you push one of those keys on that piano, they're heavy they got you got to really push hard so somebody said a mouse right so there ain't no way a mouse. yeah can push a key some, down yeah a mouse like could run that. across
3: that and not right not, uh...
5: so <laughs> so yeah that was another instance that i had been here i was giving a tour to three old ladies one night in here and they said you know <laughs> we were just in gettysburg the night before and i tell i'm going to tell you straight up you better have a better tour than that, and I, I was sort of whoa, you know. So these ladies were tough, and I'm standing over like right where that display case is, and I'm telling them stories. This dark in here with candlelight, and I'm standing right here, and they're sitting right here, and I'm talking to them. And every time I'm looking over into that room where the photo room is, and all I see is a, is a black shadow pacing back and forth, just back and forth. And they see me seeing that. And it freaked them out because they see I'm seeing something back there, pacing back and forth. So I don't know what that was back there. A week after Albert Twitch, the same year, Kenny Biddle from Philadelphia, his friend out at L.A., and another girl who was on uh, one of the paranormal shows, they decided to come here and do a couple hours. Then we're going to go to the Market House. So they go to the basement. They're in there for about 15 minutes. They come out. They come in. Okay, we gotta to go to the market house. It's like 8.30 at night. They're packing their equipment up right over there. She's up at the counter talking to me. I'm on the other side of the counter. And I'm talking to her and all of a sudden I see this, he had to be seven foot tall, black, black, all black figure. Just walk right past that doorway. And she sees that I see it. And then she looks back and she can see the leg going up into the kitchen. Wow. And then that's what she says, yells at him, but then that's where they run after it. Of course, there's no ghost going to put his arms up and say, I surrender. <laughs> and, uh, I said, I said, totally a false. One. But uh, yeah, he was like, I don't. I believe that's the caretaker's husband. It's the first time I ever saw the male, you could tell it was a male. Well, I wanted to know who these caretakers were. I found the woman who actually was. Uh, she works at BJ's. She's probably about 86 years old now. She was in this church. They moved out in 1952. She was. She helped move us out. Well, up in the training room, since I've been here in 2009, and I'm not the only one. Other board of directors, other volunteers, at some time during the day or even at night, you can hear somebody pace back and forth upstairs with a cane. You can hear the cane. My wife's handicapped. You can hear the cane thud and just paces back and forth back and forth. And sometimes we creep upstairs and you know, you open the door in darkness, you're like, you know, you don't see nothing. Uh, but we never caught anybody up there. So when I'm talking to her, I want to know who who these people were. And I said, who were the caretakers at that time? And she said it was Ruth and George. And I says, oh great, now I know their names. You know, but I said, there's one thing is Ruth handicapped? and she says oh yes yeah, she is she she walks with the cane, the cane wow and that that's so who she is Yeah, you know, that's ruthie yeah so now we know their names ruth and george so and you know back even back even when this place was just a machine shop nobody was living in the parsonage room house uh i remember the newspaper boy he told me now he's all grown up he's a friend of mine he said every time he'd go past there, even though they didn't get papers, he'd have to go past there, he would look up on the third floor of the parsonage and see this man and woman, arm to arm, standing in the third floor window just staring down at him. Wow. And he said it was a normal occasion for them to do that to him.
3: So are the offices on the second or third floor? Second. They're on the second floor. Okay. Third floor is
5: just basically, at, it was run down attics. Oaks. All right. Yeah, and that's where Rick Fisher and Kelly Weaver and a bunch of us were up in the attic, and that's where... There's a little room up there where I call it the, the peace room where the pastor would go up and write his sermons. Just like a little quiet room. You could just tell that's what that little beautiful little bookshelf built in. I'm thinking it had to be where he would write his sermon, in the yeah. quiet area. But when I opened that door, that's when that energy came out and went through Rick and went through Kelly. And then about forty-five minutes later I find Kelly in the parsonage with her arm against the head against the wall just drained completely. And then I find Rick in the train room, he's completely drained. They said they've done over a thousand uh, investigations and never ever seen or felt anything like that. Wow! So whatever was inside that room that I left out, it went through both of them and sucked everything out of them. But getting back to Ruthie's pace and back and forth, I have a tour of about 28 people in here. And I'm talking about Ruth upstairs about you know her pacing it scares me you know i don't know who she is or, or i know what she did here but you know it's, it's not the physicality And what she looks like and things like that so i'm talking to the crowd and it's dark i have candle lights and stuff but somebody's talking over me okay but it sounds like it's two to my right and i'm standing they're sitting and it sounds like it's two to my right now there was a big girl maybe 6 foot 5 sitting in the front row here so I'm talking about how afraid I am sometimes in here because you hear the, the person walking upstairs. And all of a sudden, you know, she, uh, she just kept on talking to me. So I ignored it. I thought it was somebody rude in the audience. And so I just waited. So Rick gets everybody up and takes everybody outside. I shut the whole museum down. And when I get out there, that big tall girl's waiting for me. And she said, I heard what that lady was t- talking to you about. I said, well, I know what she said. And I wow. said, yeah, and I said, what did she say? And I said, first of all, who? She said, the lady who was up there, the, the, the ghost, you know? And I said, what did she say? She said, why are you afraid of me? That's exactly what she said to her.
3: Wow. Yeah,
5: so that that was like an eye-opener, like, wow, you know? Now, Albert Twitch, 2015, is when I have a guy I know. He's a painter up in Mechanicsburg. He was working on the building I work at. And I invited his whole family to do a ghost tour. His mother was, his wife was not a believer. So the daughter and and the boy came along. The daughter were leaving the tour, and the daughter says, you mind if I take some photos while I'm on my way out? I said, sure. So she's taking a photo over in that corner where the piano's sitting. And there was a wagon sitting there with big wheels on it at the time. So she sends me the photo like two weeks later, says, hey, who's the little boy with the pillow? I'm like, I'm looking at it. So, I'm looking at the wagon wheel and I'm seeing it's not, it's the wagon wheel. You can see it, but there's a white beam up through the wagon wheel. So, I said, Could you send me more photos? Because I know she was clicking pretty much. So, she sent me the photos. The next photo she sends me is that wagon wheel, but it's a full length photo. Here, it's a woman levitating. You can see her like levitating at the top those blue blinds in there at that time so that she was right against that blue blind and you could just see her and she has a long gown along with two ribbons coming out with big poofy hair it's like wow. her hair was, and she's just like pinned up there and like staring <laughs> down it was like, whoa, you know and even in that same photo you can see like two things of light going through that wall right there. like it's two like two beams. Which was really weird. You could tell it wasn't a flash just flash the It was, flash, it was mm-hmm. like two like like things. So, but yeah, she was pinned, and then that's when the mother, like I said, she was a non-believer. She became a believer because I told her, "Before I come in here, you're gonna be, be you're gonna be a believer, not a non-believer." So yeah, that was that was a pretty good, pretty cool photo to see that lady pinned up against that wall there. But uh, like I said, you know, it's little things that happen. They turn the they. Somebody left in the parsonage on the second floor. Uh, they left the uh, alarm on. I mean, they left the light on in the back. So about 4.30 in the morning, I got a call by the police. The alarms went off. And I called Yardell, and now I asked him what what levels. And she said, that's a weird thing. Only the second level went off, not the first level. So she says, it doesn't happen. And she said, there's no animal on no the wind. Sex gets to trigger your alarms. It has to be a human shadow. So what I think was with that light beam coming out of that back room, whatever crossed that light beam, set the alarms off, and then the guy had like six cops here when I got here. We did a full flush. There was no, nobody in this building. Wow. So that was, a, you know, I don't like 4.30 in the morning. I'd rather be 4.30 in
3: the afternoon. Sure. <laughs> While we're here, let me, let me tell you. So I had my air mattress right here. Okay. okay. Got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. Okay. So, so I'm walking this way. And, and right here is something dead black about the size of a shoebox. Oh, wow.
5: Okay.
3: I thought I left, you know, I had uh, different bags and stuff with mics right. and, and recorders and stuff. I was, and I thought, man, that's a dumb place to leave. Like, why did I leave that there? I'm right. going to step on it. Right. Go to the bathroom, come back, still there, same wow. spot. And I just, I was tired and I just kind of made a note of, oh, I'll pick it up in the morning. Right. Go back to sleep, wake up in the morning, nothing there. Wow. I wasn't, like, this is nothing and else. it was dark in here. It, it, yeah, there was enough light coming through okay. from there that I could right. see, but it, it wasn't, right. like, pitch dark, but it was, you know, darker than it is right. now. But it was, I mean, it was dead black, about the size of a shoebox. I, so I thought that would have been. That was the weirdest thing. When you said you saw that little black yeah, thing, the little black be, thing. That, that to me was like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's weird. I mean, so. Did you think it would have been
5: an animal or.?
3: Like I don't know. I, I don't know. Like like I said, I just thought I left one of my bags out in the middle of the floor. You know? So you walked around it. Yeah, I walked right by. It. I was like, ah, oh, what is it? You know, <laughs> that was a stupid thing to do. Why did I leave that there? And then and then and I made note of it when I came back too. So it wasn't like right. you know, I was half dreaming or anything. No I was, you know, movement out of it. Though. No just movement. It was it was right. Th- you know, like right around here. Right. And uh, about the size of a shoebox, and then. I, and I'm trying to like the whole time. I'm like, "What, what is that? Is that you know one right. of my bags with a recorder right. in it? What, what right. did, I, did I? leave my shoes there? Did, right. And then nothing. You know, got up in the morning plane. and has gone. Nothing there. Wow. So and the the other thing we had, and I still have some tape to go through. So we may yet have. I probably have two hours of tape yet to go through. Right. So up in First I space. in the offices. Okay. In the front room. <laughs> right. That's where we got, like, our really, like, okay, so there's the heat vent. Right. The heat's coming out. So the heat's on at this right. point. And we got a, right underneath that, where it should be warm. Right. Cold, like, dead cold spot. Wow. Really weird. Huh. So, and we're both standing there, like, and we both kind of had that hair that on the back. the feeling, thing, like, yeah. Like, like, something weird's here. This this has a weird feeling. So I put the recorder up there and left it. So, so far, the only thing I've gotten has been from that room. Right. And two sounds, it's, they both sound like feedback. One's like a high feedback, but now there's, you know, these are, there's nothing. Right, s- right. All-in-one all recorded with mics right. on it, nothing right. should cause feedback. Right, So one sounds like a high feedback, and then about 30 seconds to a minute passes, and then like a low feedback, like a, like if you've ever been on stage and kind of right. <laughs> you know. Like energy. Yeah, so. Like energy, yeah, like so, energy so, going by. Yeah, so that's I so far. I used to get that down
5: in the dungeons of the market house, it would be. I would have my my reporter down there overnight, and then you get this, you know, this 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 noise interruption. I'm thinking, well, what was that? You know, it wasn't a car. You could tell a car when they go by, but yeah, this was like you could tell like it was gathering energy up or mm-hmm. what was it doing? But, but yeah, is, I just get those on my mind.
3: Is that the area where people would hear shuffling papers? Yeah. Well, I
5: mean, I, I forgot to tell you about the little girls next door in the swimming pool. That was a freaky, really. And I remember it, I I'm, I'm just leave the volunteers out, we're closing up, and I'm out in front with the volunteers, it's a, a little entrance floor, and there's about four of us standing out there, and the two little girls that are in the apartment next door, they're in a swimming pool, okay? So, they're swimming, these guys leave, I come in, I lock everything up, I come through here, I do a little work in here, and then I work, show myself up. I don't go upstairs at all, so I go, out, uh, I go outside, and Crystal stops me, the mother, and she says, hey, uh, my daughters have something to say to you. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, and, and they go up and she's, who's, "Who's who was that looking out the window at us? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she says, there was a woman standing upstairs in that front room at, through the blinds. They could see her looking out the blinds. Wow. Staring at them, swimming. And they said that they, they saw all plain as day because they got scared. They ran into a bomb because they were like, who's that peeking at us through the, the blind? But I know for a fact there was nobody in this building on the second level because I just showed all the volunteers out. So I don't know who that person was up there. And, I mean, if you figure, if you got pulled blinds down, I mean, how much energy does it take to pull Aberdeen to have energy to do, yeah, They do like, uh, is it repetitive or what are they doing? But yeah, they saw a woman up there and I don't know who that was. Wow. Yeah, so I'll show you where uh, another cool, cool thing. Marty Bigler is our painter. He was freaked. Was about about four weeks ago he was up here by himself. The whole building's up here. So he's in here and he's over in that area painting. I just opened that door. So he's over there, so he's, he's painting, all of a sudden he sees a flash in the hallway right here. So he's like, "Uh, oh, I don't know what that was, you know, because you can see how's a flash going to get through anything in that area? Mm-hmm. You know So he decides to go outside and smoke a cigarette. So about an hour later, he said he's back up here, painting again over there. And painting, and all of a sudden, just looks over here, and there's a there's a person standing right there, in the hallway. Wow. Yeah. So he looks at the person, but he saw he just basically was dark, you know. And he looks over, and he says they shoot down the back steps. Okay. And he said he could hear them going down the back steps.
3: Which you have stuff on the back steps, right? Like there's the doors blocking the steps. Okay.
5: So how are you going to get through there? You've got to go through the door to get to the steps. Wow. Yeah. So he, he, I said, dude. I said, that was recently, right? That was like three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the renovations, things like that, I'm telling you, man, it's like. But yeah, he, he, he says, I heard him going down the steps. So I'm thinking, well, how are they going to get that step? they got to go through that door. But nothing was disturbed down there. You can't see footprints or anything. So he was freaked. He, he didn't like that.
3: You
5: know? Yeah. But he, he said the radio changed. Like a week prior, he would go out. He always listened ninety six point one. He He'd come back. The radio stations changed. Huh. So somebody wanted
3: something else. Yeah, they wanted something <laughs> other. They didn't like that music he was playing.
5: <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is where this is about like the right with the area. You gotta understand, this is where they held church. Uh, when I had other mediums up here from like New York and stuff like that, they heard babies crying. Well, that was the baptisms that happened Oh, okay, here. sure. So that's what they would hear bad babies crying. But like I said, you'll see shadows walk past you. Jane just had a shadow walk past her last week on a Saturday. She said she'll just be working uh, and just walk past, you know. And it's just like the night, paint night, the shadow on the floor. Mm -hmm. The same day, Suzanne Whalen is out here working in that little hallway where all the energy is. And she's working, she bends over to do something. And she feels somebody walk past her so she gets up to look, and she said, there was nobody there. She said, I could feel them walking past me, but there was nobody there. When I, but that was sort of the same night that that happened to me. So I don't know if it was like the same person or what they were doing, but they'll mess with you. You know, that. Uh, but I don't know how many's in here. We figure five total, five spirits will walk around here. They're not harmful. You know, it's just the thing is, it's the unknown. Yeah, you know? yeah, it it's freaks people, you out when you. Yeah, people don't think that you should be afraid of. It's like, well, you don't understand. You know, all these people who like, like I said, they, they think they're big and brave. To, you know, I'm not one of them. That's I, a different I, story when, not, you it, yeah, you when you see it. Can, yeah, when you see it, it's a whole new world, and it, it it opens up a whole new spectrum of what your belief is. Right. Like I said, you spent the night. Three, two, two weeks ago uh, well, I know back in 2013 by the Civil War 150th Civil War celebration in Columbia which was huge so Keene family, there was about six of them they decided to sleep overnight because I had to, we had to get up at 5 in the morning to start all the processes so they decided to sleep down below okay, in the first four where you slept and they said all night long they felt somebody walking between them all night long. I wow. just felt like that, that they could hear the creaks. They could hear, like, just somebody was watching them. And a lot of them wouldn't move because they were terrified. Because they, they knew it wasn't the rest of the family. They just felt somebody constantly walking past them and stuff. Right. And then they got freaked. And then Rick said, I heard the church bells, Chris. And I said, we don't have church bells in here anymore. But he said, I could hear the church bells.
3: Huh. The- I'm going to have to grab some of the tape because I might have gotten... I might have gotten them on tape and thought there was another church nearby.
5: Well, the only thing that would ring would be the Columbia town clock, which is about a, a block away.
3: Okay, that might—I'll have to listen and to that, it and see. And,
5: but so that's what I told him. I said, "Were they?" He knows what the town clock sounds like. Right. Yeah, he's from here. He said it didn't sound like the town clock, so it was a reverb. You know, mm-hmm. few years ago, going through this place for the real church. So I don't know, but they—they—they they, they didn't want to stay here overnight. Anymore. They said they won't stay
3: here. So, so do you give ghost tours by appointment still? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Columbia Historical Preservation Society. What's the website?
5: Uh, www.columbiahistory.net. You, or you can uh, email me at Vera chps, at gmail.com or 717-572-7149.
3: Awesome. I'll put all yep. that in the show notes, too. And, of course, Apple Twitch Day coming uh, Twitch Day, October 13th. We just
5: booked our fifth live band outside. We got all. We got six total bands coming. Uh, it's gonna be all rock and roll, heavy metal. Uh, should be fun. And we got the, the trolley bus rides. We got uh, all kinds of other little activities. Great food. We got some really good food.
3: Paranormal product. speakers, paranormal, paranormal vendors. Speakers. Yep, we got a lot of Artists good things. Got a lot of good stuff.
5: Yep. So uh, should have a good time. But uh, yeah. All so right. Excited.
3: Chris, thanks for telling the stories and no thanks for, thanks for letting us stay the night. That was awesome. No problem. Columbia Historic Preservation Society is an amazing source for history. Chris really loves history and the Town of Columbia and it shows when you talk to him. He's a source of great information about everything from the Underground Railroad to local architecture and Indian artifacts. He's just full of stories and full of history. Chris and the CHPS are really one of the hidden treasures of South Central Pennsylvania. If you're in the area, make sure to stop by. They even sell Albatwitch t-shirts at the Columbia Historic Preservation Society. So stop in and check them out if you can. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com Check out the Strange Familiar's Gathering group on Facebook. You can join and interact with the group. We share stories, artwork, all kinds of stuff related to the topics we cover on this podcast. Stop in and check it out. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more.